Testament is full of stories. Fascinating, true stories that capture the imagination. Brutal stories of war, revenge, and violence. Tragic stories of betrayal. And endless stories of God's power, His love, and His faithfulness. And every story points to a promise. A Savior is coming. Things will be put right. Don't give up. God gave Isaiah a glimpse of what to wait for. A people walking in darkness see a great light. The war is over. The victory celebration begins. How? A child is born. A son is given. A leader will finally bring peace and justice forever. And so the waiting began. Good morning, church. Hey, so glad that you're here this morning to celebrate our risen Savior together as we do every first day of the week and we do every day of the year for that matter. Every single day is worship for us, not just Sunday, but it's a joy to be together as God's family uh, today in this place and encourage one another on the journey. I want to say a welcome to our guests that are here today. Thanks for joining us. Truly an honor that you are here. And of course, our hope would be if you're looking for a church home, man, we'd love for you to be a part of our Cross Point family. We've all made a decision to join God in his story, to surrender ourselves to him and say, God, use us in your story how you see fit. We want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. And so we invite you into that story as well, uh, to join God in the great things that he is accomplishing uh, in this world through his people, his church. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this morning, and so I hope you've got your Bibles and will turn with me there as we begin a brand new series uh, called The Gifts of Christmas. And today we're going to talk about the gift of expectancy. You and I have uh, got a lot of things going on the plate, and I know that most of that started this past week, but if you take a look in the bulletin, there are lots of ways to jump into ministry right here at Crosspoint and get involved. I know we have a contingent, uh, a group of folks who are downtown Dallas this morning and are working with Soul Church down there. It's a, a church that attends to the homeless population in downtown Dallas, and uh, they are there worshiping with them and also going to feed them lunch uh, and so uh, we are out and about in God's community in different ways uh, serving, and that's exactly what we are called to do, is to be servants and slaves to all. That's what Jesus did, and so we want to imitate him in every possible way. Uh, there are a couple of things coming up you need to be aware of. One is, uh, next Sunday is what we're calling Baptism Sunday on December 4th. Now, you can be baptized any day of the week, that is for certain. But for some of us in our audience, I know that we're a little hesitant. We've been waiting for some special thing to happen. And so next Sunday is that special thing that is you've been waiting on to happen. And we hope that you'll make a decision uh, to give yourself the best Christmas present you possibly could. And that's to make that public confession that Jesus is Lord, be baptized into his name, uh, rise a brand new creation, and start this holiday season off right. It'd be a great gift to give to God as well. Uh, that's next Sunday. If you're thinking about that, let me know after service or a staff member or maybe one of our shepherds uh, as we uh, go through and sing uh, the last song of the day and uh, let us know so we can be prepared for that event uh, next week when it does 
uh, happen. Also, I want to remind you that out on our uh, welcome area, there are some professional uh, postcards that have been made up for our series this month, and then uh, December 25th actually falls on Sunday this year, and so we're going to have one service together uh, here uh, at 1030. There's going to be some moving parts in that service, and so you'll want to be uh, here and be a part of that, but also uh, it's an opportunity for you to reach out with these cards and invite a co-worker, invite your neighbor, invite friends, family uh, to be a part of that as well, and so take two, three, ten of those, however many you need uh, to make that happen for you. Well, if you're anything like the Hall clan, we have moved through Thanksgiving and we've kind of put that away and now it's full throttle into the Christmas season. I don't know about you, but how many people have rules in the household concerning Christmas? How many of you have, okay, we're not listening to Christmas music until this day. Anybody like that in here? Uh, Three of us, okay. So everyone's all good for uh, the, the Pentatonix Christmas album all year long. That would probably be okay. We know that the mall and certainly Hobby Lobby begins that music about July 5th, don't we? Uh, we, we, can, we can rest assured there. The Christmas trees are out at Hobby Lobby mid-summer and uh, we all begin to get excited about this time of the year. But there's probably other rules in your house about when you can put the tree up or when the decor comes out. All of that kind of stuff. There is some expectation in Christmas, isn't there? We all wait. You remember when you were a kid and you couldn't wait till Christmas happened and then you became a parent and you were like, oh my goodness, here come the bills. You were wanted that Christmas season, didn't you? The tree to go up, the lights to come on, uh, special meals that were made in the home in December. You remember those moments. But we all have this expectation of Christmas. That's what Christmas, the story, is really all about. As the video pointed out, we have set and waited all through history for God to reveal his gift to us. Many uh, different churches out there celebrate what they call Advent. What is Advent? We don't necessarily do that here at Crosspoint, but it's just a Latin word, and it means to arrive. It just talks about the arrival of the gift of God in Jesus Christ. And certainly the world sets aside time to celebrate the arrival of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't know exactly when Jesus showed up, but we do celebrate his arrival for sure. And the story that we're going to dig into this morning is a story that you and I have heard for years and years and years. But I hope that you and I will take away something new and fresh from that story this morning out of Luke chapter 2. Because there was an expectation of the shepherds who were in the field when it was revealed to them that God's precious gift had been presented. So let's read our text beginning in verse 8 of chapter 2 of Luke. That night, that is the night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. What a timely treasure hunt. For these shepherds who had heard uh, the coming Messiah all of their life, 
They had been to synagogue and sat at the table at Passover, and they knew the stories of God. They knew that there was a Messiah, a gift of God that was to come, and now it's been revealed to them and to them first, just outside of Bethlehem. And now they are on this great treasure hunt for the greatest gift that would ever be given. You know, in in the shepherd's revealing of the message here, I, I love the fact, of course, that they said, the King of Kings is here, the Messiah is present. But probably one of the best things that I love about what they said was three words, for all people. That Jesus was for everyone, not just a selected group of people, not just a nation of people. You see, Jesus, it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic stage is in life. It doesn't matter what skin color you have. It doesn't matter what education level you have. It doesn't matter if you're Big 12 or SEC. Jesus loves you anyway. (laughs) Jesus, he's for everybody. What a beautiful revelation by the angelic chorus. And our shepherds, they didn't just stand there and marvel at the heavens opening up to this group of angels telling them that the gift has arrived. No, it it moved them to go and seek him from the fields that were dark with only the night sky in front of them and their sheep. They left those sheep where they lay and went into town to look for this Messiah, this Son of God. And what we find is what many of us all over the world put out every single Christmas, and that is the nativity scene. That that piece of history that shows Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus and maybe some animals and the shepherds there looking on. I mean, what happened when they got to town? Verse 16 reveals that for us. The shepherds hurried to the village and found Joseph and Mary. And there was the baby lying in the manger, just as had been promised. You see, God never leads people on a wild goose chase. You look at story after story in God's word, and it's God revealing himself to people and leading them to a destination, to a promise that is at the end of that destination. You see, God wants us to to seek and to find and experience the gift that he's given in his son, Jesus Christ. He wants the Savior of the world to be worshipped and adored. He's not holding anything back. He wants us to experience who Jesus truly is. We've got enough parents and grandparents in this crew. I'm, I'm certain you've played this game before where maybe you have a piece of candy or, or a quarter maybe in one hand and nothing in the other, and you put it behind your back, and you have the kids or the grandkids guess which hand it's in. And sometimes you switch that out from time to time, and sometimes they pick the wrong hand with nothing in it. Other times they finally get, you, you let them pick which hand has, has a special prize in it. But none of us would ever, you know, after five times of picking the wrong hand, say, I'm just trying to teach you what life is all about. It's going to be rough. Things are going to turn out like you wanted them to. Sorry. No parent would ever do that. No grandparent would ever do that. We might think at times in our own life that that we think God's done that to us. That maybe we followed him and we got to that end destination, what we thought was the end destination, and, and it wasn't exactly what we thought. But we have to remember that his intention is to give us every good and perfect gift. 
just like he did with his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, the half-brother of Jesus reveals that to us in James chapter 1 and verse 17, where he says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. One version says that, that he's the father of heavenly lights, and I love that description of our God. He's the father of lights. It's a Jewish term that's used there in the text that kind of throws back and lets us remember the creation story that God is indeed the one who created light. We look up in the sky and we see the stars at night. We see the sun and the moon all reflecting that light back to us. And that's exactly what God has been doing since day one of creation when he said, let there be light. I mean, one of the most natural things for a dad to do is to give his kids good gifts, to give them what they need. And that is a picture of what Jesus has done for us in the story in which we find ourselves this morning. Jesus helps us understand who God truly is, and he is a God, a good dad, who gives good gifts to his children. Jesus knew this, of course, all along and still does. He reveals that in the greatest sermon ever preached, in in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 9. Jesus himself says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or, Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Well, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? It's a reminder that Jesus is revealing God to us, that he is a good Father who wants to give us good and perfect gifts. Jesus helps us see that in our heavenly Father. He's a real dad. He wants to give his children the very, very best. That's revealed in another text that most of us know by heart. We see it in all the NFL football games and in any end zone. Most of us have memorized John 3.16. But what's the rest of the text there say? Let's read that, John 3 and 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. That God's light came into the world. God's light, Jesus Christ, the creator, sent his son so that you and I might have that eternal life. He loved the world. He loved us so deeply that he gave us the greatest gift ever. That is the nature and character of the father of lights is to give us light in our life. You remember the rest of the story, I'm sure, the part that we haven't read. 
Mary and Joseph have to go to Bethlehem to, to be part of the census because Rome wants to count everyone, and so that's where Joseph hails from, and so he's got to go back to Bethlehem. M- Mary is very pregnant. She's riding on a donkey, and they get to town late at night, and the light is not on at Motel 6 because there's no room. So they discover a, a place where they keep some animals. Many scholars believe it was more than likely a cave right on the outskirts of town where they kept animals protected. And in that place, a quiet, lonely, peaceful place, the world heard a baby's cry. That was the gift of God, the gift of light to all of us who are moving into this season that we call Christmas. And church, that is good news. That we have Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, as a story of truth for all of us. You see, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but his desire is that he be born in the hearts and lives of every single person in this room and beyond. His desire is to be reborn in you. And you, and you, and me, and those that are not here today. There's a story of a a daycare facilitator by the name of Charlotte who wanted the kids at her daycare to really embrace and get to know Jesus a little better during this holiday season. And so she bought a plush Jesus, real squishy and squeezable, kind of had a quirky smile on. The kids would sit with Jesus at lunchtime. They would sit with Jesus during story time. They would carry him out on the playground. And some of the parents were a little indignant about that. They they didn't think that was very respectful. And the teacher asked, would you rather your kids have a Jesus that journeys with them while they're here or a Jesus that is untouchable, high on the mantle, looking down on them? And the question goes to us today as well. As we think about Jesus Christ, the gift of God, the gift of light in our own lives, which Jesus would you rather have? The Jesus that's reborn in our hearts, where we get to imitate him as best we can and be light to those around us, and his love shines through our words and actions, or the Jesus that on December 26th we'll put back in a box and put back in the attic. Which Jesus would you rather have in your life? Because we all have expectations of what Christmas is about, of what Jesus is really about. And we want those expectations to come to fruition, but the flip side works the same way. God has expectations of us who have decided to live that ignited lifestyle that have said, Jesus Christ is my Lord and I want him in every facet of my life. Oh, he is the light in our life. He said so in John chapter 8 and verse 12. I am the light of the world and I come to bring light to all those who would see me. Jesus is indeed the light of the world who came to the world to drive out darkness because darkness cannot withstand the light it will run away every time when light is exposed i mean in a sense on that first christmas night in bethlehem god the father gave the gift that we read about in 
in day one of creation, he gave light. Day one of creation, God said, let there be light. And in this time of year that we celebrate Jesus' birth, he said, let there be light in the world, in my son Jesus Christ. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine in all the dark places and provide not only light, but provide hope and love and peace, forgiveness, purpose in life. It's because of his arrival, the advent, that you and I have those things in our life, that we have the peace, we have purpose, we fulfill all that God wants us to do. It's because he has come. And in those dark places, we hope that others may see Jesus Christ shine bright and clear because you and I know family and friends who are in dark places, don't we? People who are making very poor choices in their life. And our hope is that they will see the light of Jesus Christ any possible way so that they may come back to the Heavenly Father who is awaiting their return as well. But how can a person come back to God? How can, how can a person come back to God when they are so far away in that distant land? You may remember a couple of weeks ago we finished up our study of the book of Haggai. We talked about the history component of that text. That event happened about 600 years before Jesus was on the earth. If you remember, the Babylonian Empire came in and they destroyed Jerusalem. They took all the Israelites into captivity. They were slaves. Imagine that life for a minute. You're God's chosen people and now you're away from your homeland. You're desperate. You feel unloved. You feel like a commodity. You feel distant. You're in darkness. But God raised up a preacher. God raised up a new prophet by the name of Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a message from God because God wanted his people to know, as he wants us to know, he's never too far away, that he's never actually leaving our side. And that text that we love so much in Jeremiah, in verse, uh, chapter 29 and verse 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God makes a promise to us that when we go like the shepherds in search of the gift, we are going to find the gift of light, the gift of our Savior that will be with us through thick and thin. These words to those Israelites were a beautiful gift of hope, and expectancy. You see, God the Father always gives good gifts to his kids. He always imparts to them the things that they know and always makes a way for his children to come home. He never bars the door. Jesus, in that same text, Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, but verses 7 and 8, reminds us as followers what that really looks like. Jesus himself says, you keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives. 
Everyone who seeks will find. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. God reminds us through the light of the world that he is never far away. It's always possible to come back and be a part of the light. You see, that gift of expectant hope is given to everyone who seeks, like the shepherds did that night, who left their flocks in the field and went into town not knowing exactly what they're looking for, but they kept knocking and asking and looking until they found the Savior of the world. And our text tells us that we can do the same thing. It's an invitation to arrival. It's an invitation to look into the story of God and what he has for you and for me in our life, that story of hope that we can share in equally. It's an exciting time this time of year. We do get out the tree. We do get out the garland and the lights. That's exciting. But what's more exciting is the story that we actually celebrate, that God loved us so very much that he sent his only son to be the light of the world. And because of that, you and I get to experience some wonderful things in life. A gift of peace, a feeling of being loved, of not being left behind, of being wrapped up in a hug that is just all over. That we get to be a part of the story of God when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Perhaps this Christmas season you and I could lead our families a little bit differently maybe than we have in the past. Maybe as we think about the the coming season and and the, the place that we find ourselves in in our family system, maybe there's some drudgery there. There's there's the task of putting everything up and out, and it's kind of become a chore along the way. Maybe we can embrace it differently this year and celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. You see, Jesus doesn't want to stay wrapped up in a, in a manger. No, he wants, he wants to be found by each one of us and unwrapped so he can be a part of our life in a fresh, new way this season. He, he wants us to seek him and find him and unwrap And let him envelop our life in so many different ways. So the question remains, are you willing this year with your families, with your kids, with your spouse, with your coworkers, your neighbors? Are you willing to see this moment in time as as an opportunity of joy to celebrate or more of an obligation? What will you do this year with your family to celebrate the arrival of God's Son. How will this season be different for you in your life? I mean, you and I have people on our list that are difficult to buy for. We've all got that uncle or aunt or, or someone that's already got everything in the world and it's difficult to figure out what they want. If you just go buy a gift card, they're going to be upset because you didn't think too much about it. I mean, wh- what do you get a God? that literally has everything. You ever thought about that? What type of gift could you get God? It's leaning into the idea of expectancy. 
Maybe this year what we could do for a different look is to say, God, I'm willing to look at Christmas a little bit different maybe than I have before. I'm willing to be Jesus truly to those around me. It's more than just the gift buying, the trips to the mall, the pies to cook, although that's part of the process. I want to be light to those around me. And maybe his expectancy of me calls me to really think through that. How can I be more full of joy? How can I be a person of love? How can I be more inclusive in my friend group? What are the things, God, you want me to do? And as we lean into that message of Christmas, know that we have some expectations of God as well. Because we're on the journey with him and he's promised us some things. You notice today we've got an empty manger up here. There's nothing in it yet. On the floor in front of the manger are some post-it notes and some, some pens. What I think that you and I have done and we need to express today as we sing this song here in just a moment are the things that we have received from God. What is the one thing that bubbles to the top for you that you think, man, thank you, God, for that gift? I have been living a life of expectancy and you have provided peace in my life. You have provided the love in my life that I've been missing. You've provided forgiveness for me. You've sanctified me. You've justified me. You've given me more than I possibly could imagine. And so today, as we sing this song, I I want us, if you feel free to, to to get up out of your seat, to come up front and to, to grab one of those notepads and to write down something that you believe God's given you because you have gone to seek the story like the shepherds did. They didn't wait in the field. They went into town and they found the light of the world. How has the light of the world affected your life? What has he given to you? I'm going to ask Brad and the praise team to come to the stage at this time. As always, our shepherds and their wives will be gathered along the wall of this room. And as we sing, maybe, maybe you're not moved to come up here, and I can't imagine why you wouldn't be, but come up here and place something on the manger that represents something that has been a gift of God to you. Maybe you need some prayer today. Maybe there's some struggle that's going on in your life that's kind of prevented you from from fully embracing, from fully enjoying who God is, and your walk with him has been hindered because of that. I encourage you to go see one of our shepherds and let them pray over you and for you. Let them gather you up and remind you that you are on a journey with God himself, that he would never do anything to keep you away from him. He wants you to experience and enjoy his son, the Savior of the world. My hope is as we kick this series off that as we move into the season, you will be expectant and leaning into the story that God is creating in your life for you to be everything that he's created you to be. Let's stand and sing together.